At the end of the day, the shamanic path is all about being in true divine alignment and trusting that pacing, trusting those instructions, trusting and heeding and truly living the guidance that spirit gives you. And it is not always easy. Oftentimes it is super illogical. Most times it doesn't make a lot of sense to your mind, but what matters is, does it make sense to your soul? And does it make sense to your true soul's journey and calling? I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Allison Charles is a rock star shaman, author, and podcast host. Allison opens herself up, which allows her to more clearly receive guidance and messages from God, source, the divine. It is really important to know that we all have this deep connection with God, source, the divine. It's just about being open to receive. Some other things we explore during our conversation. Uh, So Allison shares her spiritual awakening, which came through years of trauma and heartache. She is so open and vulnerable uh, in sharing this experience. We also talk about ego versus alignment with your higher self. Uh, Also, the purpose of a shamanic journey and what to expect. And we also tap in and talk about children's connection to the divine while keeping them tethered to it, but also integrating them into this world. Allison is such a beautiful light on this earth, and I am beyond grateful to share our conversation with all of you. Hi, well, everybody, I'd really love to welcome uh, Allison Charles to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Ah, it's nice to be here. Nice to see your uh, Himalayan rock, your Himalayan salt <laughs> behind you and your plant friends and, and all the good stuff back there. So yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. This is a little room that we created. Uh, we created it as the meditation room, uh, and just put those sorts of things in here. You can't see, but there's a really nice window here. There's plants all around, there's herbs and things like that. So it's just a really nice, very calming, uh, room. 
that we've created. Yeah, it looks like an altar space. It's so nice. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so Allison is, a, is an internationally renowned shaman. So Allison, just for anyone out there who doesn't know what a shaman is, can you just let people know? Yes, I always just uh, see what type of answer wants to come through anytime I'm asked this. Uh, it, it's a little hard to, you know, put such broad, mm. multidimensional work into uh, a single definition. Um, at least that's how it feels for me. Maybe there's other shamans that feel differently. And then the other thing is every single shaman walking the planet operates in their own uniquely encoded medicinal way. So all shamans are also different. But the one thing that we all uh, for sure have in common is the ability to walk with the feet in both worlds. So yes, I'm very much here I'm very much aware of my body. I'm a Capricorn. I'm an earth sign. I'm very much attuned to great mother earth. However, um, in answering the call of being a shaman that was encoded inside of me and devoting my life to that, I've also agreed to infinitely open up and expand into my connection into many unseen realms and unseen worlds. So I have the capacity to operate in both places at any time. That was perfect. I knew asking that question, it's kind of tough to answer because there's a lot that comes in to what a shaman in, but that was perfect. I think that gives people a really good understanding if they weren't really sure um, what a shaman was. And in talking about kind of being in different worlds, right? And kind of in different dimensions and moments, I we just had our first daughter, our first child. Oh, congrats. Thank you. And she literally just turned four months old. And I don't know if you have any knowledge or experience with babies or children within this realm, but Allison, it's so cool. I feel like so much of her consciousness is not really in this 3D reality. Mm -hmm. you, you can see it coming like more and more literally each day, but so much I feel like of who she is, of her consciousness is in another space and realm that isn't in this physical reality. Sure. Yeah, she is still tethered to the cosmic planes, tethered to the infinite oneness of, of all that is. And, um, you know, each of us, before we excitedly incarnate for another go around an earth school, um, you know, well, we're still up there, we're devising our soul contracts and, you know, somewhat configuring what lessons and teachings will, will help us expand and evolve the most. Uh, so everything, of course, is divinely perfect and orchestrated. But I, in hearing you say that, it takes me to, you know, an intention that I have. Uh, my husband, Luke Story, and I, we we hope to have a family and start that at some point soon. And I really am grateful that I am at that place of readiness now after having gone through so much and done my own healing work. And I really want to do my best to allow my child or children's connection to those places um, to stay strong and to stay cohesive and whole and allow, allow that to not get tarnished because that's, that's what occurs to so many of us, at least, you know, historically, I think things are changing a lot with the new children that are coming in, but so many of us experienced uh, strong enough traumas and woundings as young children that there was typically a choice point or a decision point of like, okay, if 
I want to have this relationship or I want such and such to sustain, then I've got to shut down my spiritual gifts. And, um, you know, I guess it's my prayer for the children that it's meant to be that their connection to the divine can stay more whole. <laughs> yeah. And it's like every single day, I, I have the thoughts in my mind of, all right, how can I aid in keeping her as pure as possible? And what I mean by that is literally staying connected to source. Yeah. Because we were all, I think about this sometimes too, we were all there. We all had just come into this reality and we were really, I love how you said tethered. We were much more tethered uh, to the spirit world. And as time goes on, and I can literally see her every day, just jumping more into this physical reality. She'll literally like play with a toy that's obviously like three-dimensional and she's able to grip it with like both hands. And it's just, it's mm. really interesting to see her just dive more into here, mm -hmm. but it also, it doesn't like hurt my heart, but it's, I, I see her slipping out of, of the spiritual realm as she comes more into here. And every single day I think of like, how can I help and aid in that connection to mm. keep her there? And how can I aid and help in not programming her yeah. the way that so many of us have been programmed, you know, by our parents, by society, by our friends, you know, accidentally or on purpose. But it is just really interesting now mm -hmm. as a parent, uh, and I didn't grow up uh, with these sorts of thoughts at all. So these are things that have come into my reality in the past like five or six years. So to go from my childhood to now being a father, uh, thinking kind of in this, in this way, uh, it's just, it's interesting of yeah. how I'm going to be able to keep her just as a loving soul, which is who she truly is, yeah. uh, you know, for as long as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, the word that comes in so loud and clear is, is just trust because, you know, at the same time you, you, we do also want, well, I shouldn't speak for anyone else. You know, when I feel into it, I, I want my child to also feel integrated and at home with the planet that we came down to incarnate on. And, you know, of course we choose to come here because their planet earth is the only place that provides certain types of tactical and tangible mm. experiences and earthly emotions. So it's like, you know, when I hear you sharing, it's like, oh, I'm like, wow, that that's beautiful that you still feel her tether, but also witness her like getting more healthily embodied and integrated into integrate uh, Mother Earth. But the the last little thing that was coming through <clears throat> is that, you know, I, from my perspective, and if you're open to me sharing, you know, I never want to be um, invasive with visions or, or thoughts that come in when I'm hearing someone share, but it's like the most powerful way I'm picking up on to allow our children to feel in safe space to keep that cosmic connection is the work that we're doing ourselves to keep in cosmic connection, you know, and, and what does that look like? You know, does that look like you starting your morning with that Tibetan, you know, healing sound bowl behind you and just like playing that and allowing her to tap into that connection that that Tibetan bowl provides. And it's, um, I'm sure, you know, through the spiritual practices and tools that you use in your home that will allow her to remember that spiritual mm -hmm. feeling as well. Yes. And thank you for that too. It's so true. And it's something I think about a lot. I, I know this in my soul and in my heart that the best thing that I can do, her name is Violet, for Violet, for the, <laughs> for, uh, the world, 
is to be the best version of myself, to work on myself, on my growth, on my connection to source, uh, my connection to our oneness, to love. Uh, so that was just a nice little reminder mm. too, that that really is the best way uh, to help her or, or keep her connected uh, to source. That's beautiful and beautiful name too. Love that name. Thank you. Um, She's been so great so far. She's been so sweet. Um, It's really been exciting and uh, I'm learning from her all the time. Like I see the jewel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's even since Luke and I I didn't mean to to cut you off. I'm just, it's like this category of um, earth experience is something that's very present for me. You know, Luke and I, ever since we said yes to wanting to start a family, um, the the gateway and the portal and the pathway that opens up, even from just getting to the place of readiness to say, yes, I mean, I have, um, I don't, I don't think that I have experienced any other portals that are that profound, um, you know, just in the different experiences I've had from saying yes to the parenting parenthood journey, I it has taken me to the epicenter of my most potent ancient wisdom inside of me. It's connected me to the realm of miracles uh, more closely than ever before. I mean, I've had some of the most profound experiences in my life simply from just agreeing to enter into that space. So I can only imagine once the child incarnates, you know, the experiences you have then too. Right. Even thinking about that, it just literally opens an entire new universe yeah. of, of opportunities, of, of literally infinite um, circumstances and things that can be brought from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, Allison, before uh, you had mentioned uh, soul contracts. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I has come into my reality over the past few years uh, and thinking about it more, talking on it more. I, like, I, I totally get it. And it's something that I I am connecting more to the realization and the truth um, of those. But can you just give uh, people just an understanding? Like when you say soul contract, what does mm-hmm. that what does that look like? What what is the soul uh, mm-hmm. doing before we re- re- in, before we reincarnate into this three D world? Yeah, I can give one example. Of course, the possibilities would be infinite and endless. Yeah. Um, so I'll just tune in to perhaps when I was uh, sitting up there devising part of my own. Um, one example would be, um, I do feel that there are certain people that we have a ton of different experiences with lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. So, you know, my now husband, Luke's story, I mean, when we look at each other on a pretty daily, regular basis, like when I just glance at him or see his soul in his eyes, I'm like, whoa, you know, the ancient feel there is so deep and so strong. And then I've had other, you know, really, really close friends, um, girlfriends this lifetime where I can tell uh, that I would like, she was my daughter in another life. And I was, you know, I was obviously her mom. And, and so one example would be when we know that we're going to incarnate and when we're reflecting back to uh, certain earth experiences we've already had and places within us that we can tell there's a lot of room for us to grow and change and evolve. Because essentially, from my perspective, that's really the heart of why we even choose to come here. That's why I call it earth school. That's why 
I, I get a little frustrated on, you know, cancel culture and all of these things that go completely against the entire purpose of us coming here. It's to learn, it's to grow, it's to change, it's to evolve, um, and to remember that we're multidimensional uh, beings. And so, yeah, the soul contracts are, are looking at other souls that will also be incarnating at the same time and being like, wow, if you're incarnating in that form and I'm incarnating in this form, I can see how if we both agree to this particular type of dance, this particular type of karmic dance, it's going to teach you A, B, and C, and it's going to teach me X, Y, and Z. And, and my ex-fiance is a perfect example of an incredibly strong karmic contract and soul contract because you know we were together for almost two decades. And in that 16 and a half year journey for us, um, I we were in so much denial, so much suffrage, so much pain and anguish. And in that dance of insanity, those cycles of insanity for almost 20 years, and it was through that that he was the instrument for my awakening. And it was through the suffering and the entanglement there and the soul contracts of learning there that I had my spiritual awakening. And so, yes, I moved through a lot of rage, um, the strongest hurt that I've ever experienced. However, I was simultaneously becoming more enlightened and having the most miraculous moment of my life and able to reflect back and wish him well. Um, I'm still, I'm still healing, to be honest, from all the trauma um, and dysfunction that occurred in those 16 and a half years. However, I trust in that journey and I trust that I signed up and I take responsibility for my role in that entanglement. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but um, I try and shamanism, we we share a lot of teachings through the medicine of storytelling and sometimes through giving long examples, people can connect a few more dots in their own lives. <laughs> I think giving examples like that, where you are painting a picture and telling a story is a brilliant way to connect with people. Yeah. It, right. It, when you can visualize something, there's just so much more of a connection uh, to that. What is wild, Allison, is with Violet, I, there's such a familiarity with her. Mm. I, I feel like it's so wild looking at her it's, I don't think it's just from being her parent. I, I feel like I've known her mm-hmm. forever. I, I feel so familiar with her. I, I feel like I've looked at her before. Mm. And it's not like a thing where it's like, I, I don't, now as a parent, I don't, I can't remember what my life was even before having her. It's like not that experience. It is literally feeling like <laughs> I've been with her before and mm. there's just this connection and that we've literally always known each other. It's, it's such a trippy experience because it, it, I know she's brand new. I know she only, her physical body, physical Violet only got here four months ago, Yeah. but just how, how much I connect with her and, and know her already mm. and feel like we've been with each other forever is not an experience that I thought I was going to have. And it's been really incredible. Yeah, that's beautiful. It'll be intriguing to see, you know, as as time goes on, if either or both of you ever feel compelled in any way to explore that, go on, you know, a past life shamanic journey together or separately, or, you know, if if either of you ever feel called to explore, you know, what that potential is, you know, if you have shared past lives, what what one or some of those those look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to ask you too, um, before we like jump away from it, um, your past relationship, the one of 16 uh, and a half years. So you, you were saying through that experience, through the trauma, through the difficulty that created the awakening in you that brought you on this path. Were you not on this path at all before that relationship? Not in... <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> I will try to be concise. There's two parts that were at play. So I was one of those people that at a very, very young age at around like two and a half, three years old, I felt I ha- I needed to make a decision between maintaining my relationship with my father or maintaining my connection with the divine. And at that young of an age, I chose to try to maintain my relationship with my dad and at the cost of greatly suppressing uh, my spiritual gifts and true soul's calling. And so what ensued over many, many years from about two and a half to three years old, all the way through the time of my spiritual awakening, which I I can't remember my exact age, but maybe I was around 30. So for a long time, more than, you know, 20, 27 years, my soul did what it could to just barely keep that, that tether just in the finest of threads tethered. So I was always innately drawn to and would study on my own metaphysics and the healing power of colors and numerology and how to read palms. And even when I was a radio host, I was a hip hop morning show host for many years. And I, even though it was that type of radio station and that type of music, because I was the morning show host, we would have a lot of, you know, musical artist guests. Yes. But I would also bring on psychics and I would also do dream analysis for our listeners that would call in. And so my point in sharing that is that my soul would always gravitate to the healing and spiritual and and shamanic arts. But it wasn't until I had that divine intervention, spiritual awakening moment, which for me, those two things happened at the exact same time. My veil lifted, everything changed in in a split second for me. And through the veil lifting and seeing the truth of myself and the relationship, I began a quest in devotion to healing myself. And it was in living in devotion to finally facing, doing the shadow work, facing myself, healing myself, that the true soul calling in me then finally had more room to breathe and to inform me. And that's when my true soul calling of me coming here to be a shaman and also a human, that's where it had room to speak to me. Uh, And that's when I answered the call to becoming a shaman and have lived in devotion to heeding that call ever since. Got it. And what, what was that exact moment? That everything kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole story behind it, which um, I share, I'm sure, in some of the episodes on my Ceremony Circle podcast. But because it's a long story, I'll whittle it down to just say that in that cycle of of insanity that we were in for so long, at this juncture, I was living in Brooklyn on my own. However, he had come back into the picture after our engagement was called off. After I moved to Brooklyn on my own, he had come back around after a number of months and he, he sounded like he had had some real come to Jesus moments. And on this day, we were going to venture out publicly as a couple yet again, another round, you know, 500 in the cycle. Right. And that's when my spiritual guides and helpers blew the whistle and they were like, all right, we, we now at this point need to intervene. 
And that intervention looked like my clear audience gift being turned on while he was at my place in Brooklyn. And I was beginning to receive clear as you and I are speaking uh, messages from spirit. And um, in those messages, I was guided to um, seeing proof of the extreme betrayal and all this horrific, horrific evidence um, of what had pretty much been occurring the whole time we were together. And for me, that was like that shamanic cave that Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And through me finally seeing that graphic proof and getting out of denial, uh, that is what, you know, shattered the egoic shell and lifted that veil and forever changed me. Got it. It is so interesting to me that life is just beautiful and there's infinite possibilities. It's just so awesome. Yeah. And um, I love you sharing your story because I think it, so many guests I have on the podcast have had very traumatic, uh, heartbreaking situations. And I say this so often in so many of those situations, that was the catalyst that awoke them or brought them to where they are literally right now and the happiness and joy and the love that they feel. And uh, Eckhart Tolle shares his story of how he had a spiritual awakening and he was literally thinking about killing himself. He had the thought to uh, to commit suicide. And in a moment, he had a realization that there was like an I to me and an ego and something else. And then in that moment, everything like kind of collapsed. And then he woke up the next day and he was in this state of bliss for like months and months. Uh, and my story uh, of uh, when I think about, you know, my awakening and coming to the truth and, and then the knowledge of literally our oneness and that we are all love was actually a good story. And say, yeah. uh, I want to take that back. Not a good yeah. story. It's not like one was bad and one was good, but my story was uh, in rooted in love, right? It wasn't this traumatic and, and really difficult situation. Yeah. I met my wife. Who's, I met my wife. Who's my wife now in Brooklyn. Uh, mm. she, <laughs> she was living in Greenpoint uh, at the time. And she's just the most beautiful, uh, loving, kind person uh, I'd ever met, really. Uh, And in my life, too, I had a really great life. My parents were amazing. Uh, I grew up with a really bad temper, anger issues. Um, You know, yelling was a thing that wasn't uncommon. Uh, And, you know, love wasn't always at the forefront. And it was it was there. But my wife, Kayla, like love was, I feel like, at the forefront of her entire life and Mm -hmm. peace and um, really just calmness and kindness. And in meeting her, she exploded open a realm of love that I never knew existed before mm-hmm. and uh, just kept following on that path. And just being, wow, this feels really good. Let me you know, explore more and go here. And because of the love that she showed me that really broke my heart open, uh, and allowed me to express it to the world as shortly after that is when like when spread love movement uh, has started. And just me as a person meditating, going, uh, doing yoga, um, and just having these realizations, these deep, deep universal truths. And it really all started from that moment uh, of meeting her and the mm-hmm. love that she was able to share. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, awakenings certainly don't um, need to equate to or require, you know, a massive tumultuous um, traumatic moment. It's just, it just boils down to medicine and different textures and, mm-hmm. and essences of medicines 
uh, based upon where each person's soul is at and and what their soul might require to have its next layer or level of expansion um, and awakening. Yeah, the medicines can come in different forms. And had I heated, I mean, there were a number of, um, you know, tons of different signs and messagings that had been coming in to me from my guides for years, attempting to support and help to facilitate my awakening. It's just, I was so shrouded in denial and clinging so tightly uh, to the old ways, the old paradigm, the old life that I was in, that I was not going out of that old paradigm easily. And so, you know, I definitely played a role in it culminating to needing a divine intervention. There were a lot of messages along the way that were trying to steer me, course correct me a bit. Mm -hmm. And you said that time that you were in Brooklyn and you heard as clearly as we're talking now, right? Spirit, source, um, give you the answers and kind of let you know uh, that, you know, you weren't in the best relationship uh, and there was another way to go. And I know in the beginning of the conversation too, as a shaman, you said you you are kind of dipping, um, you know, from this physical reality to the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So in in every moment, almost, Allison, are you channeling source? I know we all are in my mind. We all are source. We are. But are yeah. you really channeling that? It's not so much like ego, Allison. It's source coming through. I mean, let me find the words to answer this. I, in my devotion to answering the call to becoming a shaman and in my devotion to walking the spiritual and shamanic path, part of my intention with that devotion is to be as clear of a conduit for pure source and pure pure divine energies as possible. Yet at the same time, you know, I'm also human and I sounds weird to say I celebrate, but I celebrate the wholeness and totality of myself. And that includes my yes. shadow and that includes all, all aspects as well. And so I, I will just say that I have my finger on the pulse of, and my conscious awareness on a lot of things, uh, all the time. I'm definitely someone that is not afraid at all to face myself. I'm not afraid of doing shadow work. Um, and I do a ton of integrity checks. So, you know, I, I'm here to be a human and a shaman and I embrace both aspects of me. So yes, I do feel that when people um, generally, when they come into a space that I'm in or sit next to me, especially those that are energy sensitive, um, have remarked that they feel the 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 pureness and the integrity um, that I embody and they do sense the type of conduit and container um, that I devote to being. And yes, you know, the 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 veils between the worlds are so thin that, you know, on demand and live, and I've done it many, many times, you know, I I used to actually headline um, at New York comedy clubs, and I've been on stage at the HBO Film Festival in the middle of Manhattan in front of 10,000 people, you know, guiding a live shamanic journey. I've been um, at events with more than 15,000 people at a Pop Sugar event in the middle of Manhattan where I, you know, people that wanted to come on stage for live power animal readings, I would bring them on stage. So, 
you know, that shows the level of trust that I have in my connection to the divine and in, in my connection with the power animals and the power animal realm that I'm able to do it uh, in a live, like instant connection capacity. Hmm. And so Allison, like one of the things in, in, in my life is like, I'm trying to get out of my own way. I'm hmm. trying to let source funnel more just directly through me, clean, hmm. uh, having more clarity uh, in situations. And you posted something the other day that I just want to read real quick uh, and just ask you about it. So the post was, it was a question, right? You're asking, mm -hmm. are you in alignment with the divine current of your life or are you feeling hasty or pushing? And I love this so much because don't all of us feel hasty and pushing sometimes a little hasty. I mean, that just, when you said that, I was like, and, and it kind of paints that um, picture in my mind, literally and saying pushy of like, literally the physicality of like pushing, against these non-physical energies and things like that. And that just really connected with me. And then it said, are you at one? Are you at one with the flow of the divine and trusting that? Or are you making decisions from trying to keep up or from your ego? Yeah. Yeah. It, it all boils down to um, a talk I gave at a psychedelic conference um, you know, a, a short quote that came in was, you know, are you in, in alignment with the divine or your mind, mm -hmm. you know, mind kind of equating to that, that more egoic and, and it's like, and it's just something to, if, it, if what we're talking about resonates to the soul fam joining us, it's like, I'm not, you know, slapping you on the wrist. And it's like, it's just simply an invitation into allowing yourself to expand into more greater conscious awareness of yourself and how you're moving through life. And a good vision to bring in is like, whether it's a project that you're trying to bring to fruition or a goal that you have, or just like a simple daily decision that you're making, it's like, close your eyes and tune into the energetics that are behind that step. Like what are the energetics that are guiding? What are the energetics that are supporting that next step? What are the energetics behind you wanting to achieve that goal or wanting to bring that project into earthly existence? And Yes, it can feel scary. And yes, it can feel confronting because when you do those explorations, you might find that the energetics fueling something are actually more egoic driven and are actually not um, in true alignment with your soul. It's more of a fueling of like, well, all of my uh, friends that I look up to, they're authors. And I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like I, I, I'm supposed to be an author too. And it's like, but is that truly of the divine is, is becoming an author and devoting to writing a book? Is that truly a part of your soul's calling? Or is it something that your mind wants you to accomplish? Is it something that your ego feels it should accomplish? Because most public figures have a book and most of your friends that you deem successful have a book. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, but I feel those types of inquiries uh, are some of the most courageous and brave and also the most vital because at the end of the day, the shamanic path is all about being in true 
divine alignment and trusting that pacing, trusting those instructions, trusting and heeding and truly living the guidance that spirit gives you. And it is not always easy. Oftentimes it is super illogical. Most times it doesn't make a lot of sense to your mind, but what matters is, does it make sense to your soul? And does it make sense to your true soul's journey and calling? And so I guess how, how can we, how can we tell the difference? Like that was a great example, right? So in my mind, if it's like, oh, I want to write a book. Well, because Allison wrote a book and she's doing really great. And I want to be more like her or, you know, a buddy of mine did. And that's why, right? So I, I, I can understand and, and identify that that is ego. That's trying to keep up. That's not really the truth of who I am. But if I look at it in a different way and I'm saying, okay, all right, why, like, why do I want to write a book? Because I want to, like, I want to help people. I want to help shift the consciousness of the planet. I want to let love shine through me and hopefully connect with people and literally lift them up or help them in any certain way. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to help people create the distinction from the ego to mm. what their true soul is trying to, to come forth with. Yeah. Okay. So let me just uh, tune in to see if some greater layers. When you were talking, it was taking me to people going on a shamanic journey, but let me see like why that was showing up. So, so ultimately the, the purpose of anytime you go on a shamanic journey is to great, is to get into greater unification with your soul. And so I know that there are still, you know, quite a few people out there that might not know a shaman. And, and so when I say like, I'm most recommending you go on a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman, uh, people listening might be like, well, I don't know any shaman, let alone no one that I know I can trust and, and all of that. Um, I do... I do have a free guided shamanic journey on my website for people that have um, gotten animal power book or deck, but you can use, utilize that guided shamanic journey um, to specifically ask your soul question. So let's say there's a project or decision that you've been pondering making and you're like, I really am at a place of readiness that I, I only want to make this decision if it's truly in alignment with my soul. I would get clear on like what the intention for the shamanic journey is. And then before the journey, jot down like four questions that you have. And then when you go into this shamanic journey, it's you are connected to your heart and your soul in the shamanic journey. So the answers that reveal to you when you're in the journey, they're going to be divine soul heart based answers that come forward. So that would be mm. um, an easy tool or spiritual practice to say yes to and lean into if you're really wanting to get clear on are these answers and is this clarity coming from soul, heart, or my ego going on a shamanic journey and setting the intention um, to do that work would be like the clearest way. Got it. What, what are some of the things that are happening during a shamanic journey? 
Oh goodness. I mean, anything can happen. So the the journey, the the free journey I'm speaking of on my website, because it pertains to animal power book and deck, the the intention that is typically set for that one is we're going to call forward the current power animal who most wants to support or empower your life at that time. For that journey, I use my drum. So it's a shamanic drumming journey. And I lead people into a lower realm that guide that guides you into a, a jungle world. And once you're in that jungle world, uh, there are, are different things that are happening. I'm guiding you to a place in that jungle where you then are able to call the power animal forward. But then also within the journey, I am a huge proponent of self-empowerment. And so I give you time and space within that journey to receive the energetic medicine of that animal and to also ask it any questions that are naturally arising for you as well. So there's a time in that journey where, yes, I'm continuing to drum, but I'm giving open space for you to create your own deeper connection uh, to your own soul's inquiry and to the receiving the, the transmissions of that animal as well. And also free time to let that animal take you if there's a different place within that jungle realm that holds holds medicine or clarity needed for you or blessings for you, that animal will take you there. So, and within all of those pieces, you can imagine like there's any infinite number of things that could be coming through or realizations or, you know, different energetic medicines. Got it. So, excuse me, I definitely do want to make sure that we do focus on this. The book that is Right. It's out now, but it actually fully releases in August. Well, the pre-order. book is out now, but Animal Power Deck releases August 16th. So Animal Power Book um, was released in March and Animal Power Deck is is soon to be out. Got it right. So it's Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. Mm-hmm. Why? So Allison, why animals? Why in what you're just talking about too, the, the medicine that comes through animals? Yes, please yeah. uh, take us on that uh, journey a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, they were the first spiritual guides who entered in after my divine intervention and spiritual awakening. So when that veil lifted, it was a completely discombobulating and at times terrifying time for me because my life got turned upside down. I was having, you know, additional, many additional awakenings after that initial one that, you know, blew open the gateways. Uh, I flew to Indiana where I'm from. I was staying at my grandma's house in the back bedroom and over those next few weeks, just like additional awakening after additional awakening. And so things were getting trippier and trippier. I was being shown visions of who I really am and the work that I'm really supposed to be doing in the world. And yet I'm still like slobber crying and laying on the floor and having many egoic deaths while simultaneously being shown these visions of where I'm supposed to be living. And there felt like such a huge gap in between those two spaces. Mm. And what happened was in me answering the call to heal myself and devoting to that, Spirit was leading me. And the other part of my devotion was to live in true surrender 
to answering the guidance of my own soul, great mother earth and great spirit. And in speaking that surrender statement, I was shown right out of the gate, okay, you need to meet with this healer. You need to go to this healer. And the first healers on my path were all shamans, all women shamans, ironically. And one of those female shamans happened to be my aunt. And in that soul retrieval shamanic journey, my core power animal, the black panther came in and three additional supporter power animals eventually started to come in not long after that journey, the bear, the deer, and the frog. So this quadrant of power animal allies all came in. Every single animal holds different wisdom attributes, holds different healing embodied traits and transmissions. So they were all coming in to support me in different ways. The deer the path of the heart. It taught me to not shut my heart down as much as I wanted to, as much as I might've wanted to give up on love. It taught me to keep my heart open and to heal it, which I did. And thankfully so, because now I'm with Luke. The bear taught me how to really truly surrender, to let go into the arms of the divine and spiritual support. The frog taught me how to clear the toxicity and to tune into all the emotional healing and to only leap forward. Frogs do not ever leap backwards. So that was a huge needed medicine for me to not go back to that cycle again. And then the Black Panther, spiritual reclamation, reclaiming of my gifts, reclaiming of my soul's calling, and also doing uh, the needed shadow work. And so those are some examples, but this the power animal realm entered in and has never left my side. And I'm jumping over more than a decade of working with them. But when I had finally aligned with the right literary agents and through my meetings with them, I thought I had gotten clarity on what my first book was going to be. And that was after taking meetings for you know nearly four years and couldn't get clear on the book, finally thought I had it. And I flew to Bali to write my first book, which was going to be the working title for that was Soul Surrender. So a book on surrender. And in my first morning meditation at Bali, power animals, as far as my mind's eye could see, all came in and said, that's not the book. Mm. So it was through um, the animals asking me to co-create the book for them that I said, yes, thankfully my team was on board. I was like, y'all know I live by the calls and I'm supposed to change course. And I, and I did. And now here she sits. (laughs) And uh, how are you having all of these awakening moments? Is it in deep meditation? Is it through plant medicine? How how are these? Everything. I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah. Because I think there, there can be, I'm not trying to say everyone has this misconception, but there's a pretty dominant misconception that, yeah, especially with shamans, um, that it's only through like plant medicine ceremonies. And that was not the case for me at all. I was many, many, many years deep on this devoted shamanic path before any spirits of any plants ever called to me. And I honestly didn't know if they ever would. And I was okay with that because I, at one point, and I still kind of am a, a needed voice in the world of shamanism that you don't always have to go into that particular type of ceremony to get reconnected with your spiritual gifts and your soul's calling. So um, all that being said, uh, at this juncture now, I have worked, you know, a number of times um, with different sacred plant spirits, whether it's Wachuma, um, whether it's peyote, whether it's grandmother medicine, ayahuasca, whether it's kana. So I have, um, and I say this with deepest reverence and honor, I've had many massive uh, life-changing awakenings through 
the spirit communication of, of plants. But no, I mean, especially in those beginning years, I was living alone in a small studio in Brooklyn, New York. And in that little shamanic cave of that apartment, just through my willingness and me speaking my ability, my willingness to surrender and live in devotion, spirit can usher in these awakening moments. You don't need, I would just be sitting at my altar some mornings during a morning meditation and it would take me on like this crazy spiritual experience. Um, so yeah, I, I always like to reflect on that truth that most of my awakenings happened in a tiny little apartment in Brooklyn. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I have had spiritual awakenings on top of Masada in Israel. I have had them in, in different um, spiritual places I was called to go, but the vast majority just happened for me at home. The, some, most of my most potent initiations happen like in my bedroom, just spontaneously because mm. spirit knows I'm willing and I'm here for it. See, isn't that the thing that it's literally always there? We just turned off the faucet. Yes. Right. Yes. Bingo. It's always there. You don't have to go somewhere and to to experience it. It's always present. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar uh, with Bashar. He is a uh, a channeler, and uh, I've I was really <laughs> I was I was having these thoughts. I'm like with um you know magic mushrooms uh ayahuasca things of of that nature i'm like what really what what's the purpose there and uh on spotify he has like these talks where a lot of people will come up and ask questions and i was really that morning thinking about that and i was driving to work i put on one of uh his things on spotify and somebody asked that exact question like mm -hmm. what is the purpose of of these things and he he said and i thought it was really interesting it is to show you these other dimensions and other realities exist. It's not there for you to have to consume every single time to reach that. You can reach it on your own right now. Yes. But those are are those are like little things left on the planet uh, in this world that show us that those exist and allow us to know that they're there so that they can teach us that and let us know that, but then we can also just go on our own yes. and experience them by ourselves. I would completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it shows us the dimensions, um, and yeah, all the spiritual essences and textures that are that are ever present, but opens you up to your own innate abilities to connect and communicate with those places if you choose. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the, the the greatest moments I've ever had is just in meditation, mm -hmm. and it's like these universal deep truths, just like they just kind of ping you and you're like, where did that thought just come from? And now understanding really where it does. Um, but th those are really, uh, for me personally, it's really just been in, in deeper meditations. And I think even having this conversation with you right now realigns and reminds me that it is here always. It's just mm -hmm. myself allowing it to come, to come forth and to come through me. Yeah. 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 And you know, I mean, it can be understandable uh, if, anyone feels or becomes aware of different blocks or layers of fear that kind of present that are in between them and their connection to those spiritual places. You know, oftentimes those, those layers and ways get put into place uh, for certain protective reasons along the way. Um, so yeah, it's, 
it's just, again, everything, the most potent spiritual truths are really just the most simple and the ways to transformation that are the most potent are really just the most simple. It just Mm. boils down to willingness. And are you, you know, willing to speak your readiness to evolve to your own soul, to your own heart and to um, the planet we live on and, and the unseen realms. And, and just, I mean, just from me doing that all those years ago, I mean, I'm a completely changed different person. My life is a completely changed um, different life experience simply from me saying out loud one day to my own soul, great mother earth and great spirit, I'm ready to receive your help. Show me the way. So simple. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't it really just like asking and being open to receiving it? Yeah. I feel like so many times we just, we overcomplicate everything. So many things. And I, I see that in myself too. I'm like, I'm making this so much more difficult than it needs to be. I'm overanalyzing. I'm overthinking. And in those moments where I can just hush my mind and literally just be and see what comes up and see what actually feels good, what brings me joy and happiness and love in my heart. I'm like, boom. It's it's always right there, you know, but the other thing that I'll just touch on, especially right now, there's just so much noise and I'm not, you know, a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe a lot of that noise is created in an attempt to have us stay in states of fear and disconnection from our own soul and in states of disconnection from the most potent spiritual and cosmic realms. And so whatever you can do to just like clear your own energetic field and stay in devotion to facing yourself and healing yourself and do whatever you can to step away from the noise as often as possible. I think right now that those are some of the most profound things that we can do because the noise is so effing loud and the attempts to keep us in separation from one another is so effing loud and the attempts to keep people in fear-based energetic states is louder than ever before. I could not agree more. And it's not to me, it's not a conspiracy theory. It is just the truth of the situation. Like, of course, powers to be, they want control, they want power. In order to do that, you have to keep people down. It's just like logically makes sense. You know what I mean? And should we get mad at that and angry at these people? It's like, no, that doesn't really help us or do anything. What can we do? Because that's playing into the game as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Right. And like it's lower exactly. It's lowering our vibration to be angry or hate or have hate towards these people. And like once I kind of realized these truths, I was like, how dare they? And like, wow, the world is so messed up. And I'm and like, that's All right. healthy for that to allow that to, to come up yeah. and to, to reconcile that anger and then to, to be consciously aware to to transmute and go to love. Yes. Thank you. That is so, that's really so true. Sometimes I just want to jump to love and I'm like, oh, I don't want those icky parts of me or those negative parts of me, but it is so important to be in those, acknowledge those because really when I do sit in those, sometimes I will feel that vibration of like, uh, of being down and being low in the anger. And I'm realizing, okay, that's not how I want to feel. It's okay that I feel that that way, this, that I feel that way right now because it's helping me identify with what I don't want. Exactly. And, and, and in order to be a whole healthily integrated being, we need to 
not live in resistance to things, especially in resistance to discomfort or in resistance to emotions that aren't favorable. Mm. My, my favorite teaching is like in relation. So looking at how are you in relation with anger? Do you shove it away? Do you push it down? Or do you allow it to come forward? Do you allow it to speak and express? Do you allow yourself to feel it in the way that you can most healthily feel it and then do exactly what you just said? Identify, okay, that has run the course that it needs to run. And now I'm allowing myself because we do have the ability at any point to shift and and when you when you can tell it's time to shift to shift but looking at how you are in relation with all that is um are you in a state of allowing health, healthily allowing or are you pushing resisting mm. thank you for that too cuz that, that makes me realize in life i uh, i used to have a crazy temper um and anger issues when i was younger so anytime those things still come up for me now it's like, I want to run away from them, right? Because it reminds me of who I was and I don't want to be that version of Justin ever again. Um, yeah. But, but I'm, I would guess, I would put money on it that when that, that wave of mm. ragey fire comes up, you are in totally different relation to that wave of ragey fire with the version of you now than the version of you when you were an adolescent or a teenager. So, what I do when I see, you know, more human-based waves arrive or waves of discomfort, I'm like, oh, great. There is another layer that just came up that is now healed. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, we're allowing it to move. And every time I feel that layer come up, with honor, I give it right to great mother earth. And she knows our agreement is, you know, I live in, in healthy reciprocity with great mother earth. I, you know, give to her in a positive way all the time, do positive rituals to the land, all things like that. So our agreement is when I give her something like that, she knows to instantly transmute it into love. And so, you know, when you feel that wave come up, rather than beating yourself up and being like, fuck, that piece of me is still here. It's like, ah, this next layer came up for liberation and healing and give it right to great mother earth. Because hmm. it is interesting when those moments come up, I am, it's like I, my relation to them is not even remotely close to the way that it used to be. And when those moments of like anger or even like frustration, which are just normal, like I get it, but when they come up, I recognize them. There's more of an awareness on them and a yep. detachment, more of just like observing them, yep. realizing that's not who I am. Being like, okay, so why is this, why is this, what deep rooted belief or what is coming up in me right now that is creating me to feel this way? Yeah. Kind of identifying that and then just working through it, seeing it from a place of more love and understanding. Yeah, that's great. I mean, in an ideal world, like that's what I would, not that you're my student or client, but if I were working with someone in a student client capacity, like that would be exactly what I would want to hear from them, that they're doing the work of looking at that trigger because the vast majority of the population, when they are in a triggered state, they haven't done enough facing of themselves or spiritual evolutionary work yet 
to not let that trigger take them into full pain body activation, Mm -hmm. which then goes into pain body projection and attempts to loop and grab and pull somebody else into the dance so that the pain, more pain bodies can start to spew more and more pain. But what you're doing when you're triggered is you're able to be the healthy, conscious observer. You're not shoving it away. You're observing it. And then you go deeper in. You don't project and spew. You lean into your own work that you need to do and you get to the back end because the ultimate objective is to be getting to the 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 root 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 back end of the root that's causing that thing and that's the inquiry that you're choosing to do thank you uh, that was thank you and um one of the really interesting parts about those moments is that i think this is i don't i don't want to speak for everybody but i think a lot of people in those moments of anger frustration of of madness whatever it may be those lower vibrational feelings at least for me, there's like quick chaos in my mind. There's like sure. a rumbling almost, right? Where it's like, a, it's like hard to stay still. And that was the thing before that would take me away yes, and take me uh, into the pain body more, want to, wanting to bring people into Throwing, me. Throwing, you know, yelling. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the spew, the project. Exactly. And now when I have that quick little rushed chaotic feeling, that lets me know it brings my awareness to what's happening. Yes. So instead of it being the thing that took me away, yes. now I'm like, I use that to identify. I'm like, oh, something's going on right now. <laughs> Let's figure this out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's the choice point. And that those two scenarios show how much that you have evolved. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, so Allison, I want to ask you just a question that I ask every single guest. And it's awesome because you're doing it, but it's so great to just hear uh, hear from your own words. So I always preface, my goal in life in Spread Love Movement is to help shift the consciousness of the planet to a place that is more kind and loving and peaceful, empathetic, um, one that's more understanding and accepting of each other, one that's more forgiving, essentially a consciousness that is more one. And essentially and- a consciousness that's the opposite of cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've re- honestly, like, yes, instead of just canceling and hating people, Maybe understanding that they're hurting, right? Being someone posted this a while ago and I absolutely loved it. It's like being curious about their pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, just, you know, in this shift of consciousness, uh, how do you feel like every single day you are helping and aiding and contributing in that sort of a shift? This is like my favorite thing to talk about. And it's actually shown up in the most potent orbs of our entire conversation. It's, I live in devotion to facing myself. You know, I've been asked this question, you know, I've been doing this work. I feel like I'm a bit of an OG in the spiritual space at this point because I've been doing it for so long. And yeah, different talks and different places where um, I've done events, you know, people have asked me, especially you know, and these greater awakening and shadow extraction energetics that have been going on in the last few years and people clamoring to like, I want to make a positive mark on the world. Like, how can I most, you know, make a, a good change for the planet? And it's like, you know, if, if you want to play a positive instrumental role and in the shadow extraction that the planet is undergoing, have you done any shadow work? Have you faced your own shadow? Have you gone into your own shadows? And it it really does come back to personal sovereignty, taking responsibility for oneself and living in devotion to healing yourself because you then become the embodied, living, true, embodied 
transmission of the change that you are wanting to see more of in the world. And the, the most impactful, powerful way that that change, that you can effect that change is by truly living an embodiment of that change yourself. And so again, it's getting away from looking outward. It's getting away from the outward gaze because I, and I know this very strongly because I've lived both sides. When I was in that previous uh, suffrage filled relationship, I was so focused on what my ex fiance's issues were. I was so focused on his addiction issues. I was so focused on all the things that he needed to do that I was not facing myself and I was not doing the, the real work that was needed. And the unconscious and the ego can be really sneaky, sneaky and tricky and pulling you outside of the work that's really needed by looking at what everyone else should be doing, what everyone else needs to be doing. If you catch yourself in that outward gaze, that's the precise choice point. We need to pause, breathe, close your eyes, connect with your heart, go in inward and get back to living in devotion to facing and, and healing your own self. Mm. It really all just comes down to that healing your own self. Yeah, because then you experience the world differently too. I, yep. the last thing I'll say is, you know, I just am, I'm still in it. So I don't want to speak to it too much because I'm still integrating and processing, but I just experienced in the last week or two um, some of the most initiatory, um, strongest uh, ceremonies ever. And I'm experiencing some of the, the deepest, most potent change ever. And why did I bring that up? I brought that up. Oh, because in me doing this work, what was unlocking within me, I could feel there were old energies in me that needed to clear. And here is the hilarity. I thought it was other people's energies <laughs> that needed to clear. And what revealed was there was really, really old stuck rage and anger and a self-judgment that was locked inside of my physical being. Mm. And I allowed myself to lean into that deep work. And when I came out of the ceremony the next day, when I went outside, I was like, holy moly, you would have thought I was on per some plant medicine perhaps because I was seeing everything different. And when spirit noticed that I noticed I was seeing everything different, it spoke to me and said, the filter has been released. The filter of anger has been mm -hmm. released. So in me doing that really intense work that I wanted to run from a number of times because it was so strong, I cleared enough anger from me that then cleared a, a filter that I didn't even know I was looking at the world from that had anger infused in it. And now I'm different and I'm experiencing the world different. Isn't it so beautiful when you change on the inside, your reality, the world outside of you changes? It's just like, yeah. yes. It's it's always that the external always. is a reflection of your internal. I'm like just I always get so excited about that because how cool is that? You're not waiting on anything outside of yourself for someone else to shift or change the reality around you to change for you to be different. It is you. It is you. It's always you. And how empowering is that? That if we want things on the outside world to change, we don't need to wait for that outside circumstance change within ourselves, and then we will see that change. That is the key. You are no longer giving your power away. You're mm. taking responsibility and you are choosing to 
to become a sovereign being. Yes. Well, Allison, I first I want to thank your ex. Um, mm. And I I don't I'm not being inconsiderate. I I, I believe that you know exactly uh, where I'm coming from, but you and your ex making that sole contract for me to be like, listen, I'll come down there with you. I'm going to be tough on you for a really long time. I'm going to lower my vibration for you so that your vibration can lift and, and be high. And what, what a, honestly, who, listen, I didn't have the experiences that you experienced, but just seeing it from the outside, what a beautiful soul that he came here to do that for you. Because now look at the work that you've done. Look at the lives that you've changed. Uh, and obviously it all stemmed uh, from that. And he really had to agree to lower his vibration uh, yeah. in order for you to, to get to where you are right now. Um, so definitely want to just give him some thanks. I want to send you so much love, Allison, and so much thanks and gratitude and appreciation uh, for you being here. I am also just grateful too, that you followed your path doing, you know, during those experiences when you feel like you were connecting to source and being guided, you followed that guidance. Uh, so really appreciative of that as well. Um, appreciative that you kept your heart open, that you found somebody new, uh, and then he lights up your soul. Um, your journey has been incredible. And when I look at it, I just see a gratitude and appreciation literally everywhere for it because of who you are right now and the work that you're doing and the consciousness that you are helping shift to a much better place. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for spreading that love my way. And yes, I second and affirm all those expressions of gratitude. Um, yeah, I'm infinitely grateful for it all. I'm healthily in relation with it all and continue to live in, in devotion of, of those things I just said. So thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And Allison, just before we cut out, can you just let people know uh, where they can find you online, website, social media, uh, and where they can purchase your book? Mm, yes. Yes. You can find me. I also have a podcast. It's called Ceremony Circle. Um, it's definitely a labor of love. And I have different shamans and spiritual teachers from around the world. And at the end, we close every episode with them immersing listeners if they choose to be immersed into an actual healing practice or ritual. So there's, there's healing in every show. Uh, you can get Animal Power book and deck anywhere books are sold. Uh, you can get it at my website, which is allisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N, charles.com. And then when you go to the Animal Power book page, you will see that section where you can get that free video um, drumming shamanic journey that I facilitate. So I highly recommend you lean into that if that spoke to you. And um, Instagram is at I am Allison Charles. Awesome. Thank you again, uh, just for being here uh, and sharing your truest self. Um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Go check out Allison, um, an incredible healer, guide, um, and spiritual leader. Um, hope that you enjoyed uh, this conversation. This was incredible. I had so much fun. Thank you so much again, Allison. Appreciate you. Thank you. I had fun too. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.